0: What's up? What's up? It's your boy Cam Meekins, the Cam Meekins Show. Yes, sir. I got my guy Jay Zach in the building. Yup. What's up, bro? Shit, man. Got this system <coughs> on the floor here. We're doing it uh, old school right
1: now. Yes, sir. Man, I'm DIY. feeling good. How you living? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm I'm blessed. Happy to see you. It's been a minute. I know. Last time we did this, it was over
0: Zoom because the world was. Not in a good place. It wasn't. I mean, which is not really <laughs> still not really in a good still, place, but. but in a different way, a yeah.
1: little bit. Um, no, it feels good, man. I'm excited. The the Zoom uh, was dope, but I mean, like we were saying off camera, I feel like there's nothing better than that in person. Just, just yeah, authenticity. You know,
0: there's just something about the timing, man. Like I and and like just the 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 undressing of like the conversation, you can just actually feel like you're talking about something, right? You know. Um, are you of Eastern European descent?
1: I am. Where? Poland. Okay. Yeah. So I'm, uh, I'm like fully Polish. Um, actually the only one in my family that was born in the U S so I have an older brother and older sister, um, born in Poland and then they came here when they were like seven or eight. Um, and yeah, my parents came in like their late twenties. So yeah, like when I speak to my mom and dad, it's like in Polish.
0: Oh wow. So you're fully like, uh, fluent in in Mm -hmm. Polish. Yeah. So, do you still have family back there?
1: Yeah, most of them. Yeah. Yeah.
0: How are you guys feeling, like, as a family about everything that's going on in Ukraine and, and all that shit? Or people... Because my, uh, my brother's wife is uh, from Poland, and right. she was born there. And she moved here, I think, when she was in her teens. mm mm-hmm. uh, And they still have a ton of family there. And it's it's just so wild, that, that part of the world right now.
1: Yeah. No, it's... I mean, it's a lot to unpack, you know? Um, I haven't been, like, super on it. Obviously, I know what's going on, but... Um, I actually, got. To, I've been meaning to catch up with my dad because he's he's just way more in the know and like you yeah. know, he talks to his family weekly and everything and gets the updates. So um, next time I talk to him on the phone, I'm sure he's going to give me a, a good solid catch up on right. what's going on and everything. But
0: yeah, I think I read some some statistic. I think it was Poland, and I think it was like of the last 250 <laughs> years, Poland has been occupied mm-hmm. for like 175 of those years or something like that. Right, and like the the poland ukraine like that region is such a strategic um area that's caused so much conflict over the years because there's that flatland there that separates you know the the western europe from russia right and man it's you know i feel for everybody you know out there right now it's just a crazy situation but yeah i I thought i remembered that you you had that uh background and so i was curious if you had uh heard anything man what's up with the music you got new shit coming out
1: yep yep um constantly working on new stuff um i actually have a new ep that drops next week well i guess depending on when this episode drops will probably be out but uh yeah so next friday a little three song joint uh i worked on with this producer i know um no name tim shout out
0: oh okay you know that's funny
1: i know no name tim through trev case okay all right now that i said that um I, yeah, I feel like I saw him post your shit recently, or yeah. something. I don't. And then I was like, I remember seeing it then. I was like, Oh, he knows Cam. Yeah, no, that's my um, guy.
0: Yeah, shout out, shout out, no name Tim.
1: So I met him. I've actually never met him in person. I know him through um, my boy Miles, who produces. Um, he's out here, and he's like super cool with Tim. Like they've known each other for years. So Miles was trying to put me on for like months. Um, like last year, he was like, "Bro, this is, this is my boy, like Tim. You got to fuck with his music, whatever, um, his beats." And I checked him out. And he would just send me, like, packs. Like, I'd be like, yo, like, can you send me a few beats? He'd be like, I got you. he sent send me, like, 25 beats. I'm like, damn. Like, this is- oh, dude's a workhorse. Yeah. yeah. So um, so I just started working to a bunch of his beats, like, a few months back. Um, and I ended up coming out with, like, three, four songs. And I was like, yeah, we should just do a little project together. Um, so is that, like, a
0: collaborative thing where it's kind of, like, you and him as the the artist, kind of, like, he's producing your, your rapping as kind of like a duo kind of thing? Or um, just he produced the whole EP? Yeah, like?
1: he, he just produced the whole EP. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, obviously a collaborative effort on on both ends. Right, but right. I, I don't think it's going to be like Tim times Zach, but... Right. Um, yeah, no, the shit's fire. I'm excited for it to drop, so... That's, that's basically been in the works. Been shooting the videos for that, and just prepping the release plan and all that, you know? Do you feel like over the last couple
0: years... Um, has your approach to writing or just like your general kind of feelings towards writing, has it changed over the last couple of years? I was having this conversation with somebody the other day where, you know, the, the world's been in such a weird place. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was actually, yeah, I was talking to Stiz about it. Like it's hard sometimes to, to get inspired to write shit. Mm-hmm. Um, have you felt that, uh, recently or are you kind of just, you have a different mode where you just try and just write and get it done. I feel like you're pretty, aggressive with your work ethic
1: yeah yeah i think i mean personally for me i think it's always kind of just coming waves where i'll get in like that mode where for three weeks i can crank out like seven eight songs um that are quality you know to me and then i'll just have like three four weeks after that where i'm like not even necessarily burnt out but i've just like put in a lot of work and i gotta like you know take a step back and i can't even think about making songs like I gotta I gotta do the other end of the music thing I gotta film videos or like think of other shit you know what I mean yep yep um but yeah I don't know it's kind of I think I I did a good job when when the pandemic hit of like mentally just being able to like take advantage of it and be like all right this is a good time to be able to hone in um but I mean writer's block definitely hits and all that um but yeah
0: yeah yeah it's it's um It started to feel better for me because once you just start kind of opening your social life up a little bit more, you get like stuff to talk about. That's true too. You know, that, that was, I think the only thing for me was like the lack of life experience leading to stuff to write about. No, I get that. You know? Mm -hmm. And that's such a key thing. I feel like for, uh, for any, any artist doing any type of art, not just writing music, but like, you know, it has to, where does it come from? Right. You know, like the ideas in your head.
1: Right. Or before you just start saying the same kind of shit over and over again. Right. And you're like, why am I doing this? And then you trace it back to being like, oh, because I haven't done anything different. Like, I'm just... Right,
0: right. Yeah, just kind of the same subject matter over like the fall. I feel like as a rapper, sometimes, you know, um, you can have your fallback filler...
1: Mm hmm. Yeah.
0: Like for every person, it's different. For me, it's, you know, like the smoking weed lines or like whatever. Yeah. I can only yeah. tell you how dope I am so many times. Yeah, like, right. In right ways. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, are you feeling good about your recording process, uh, right now? Are you, are you doing stuff mostly at home or do you go to studios?
1: Yeah. It's mostly at home. Um, just locked in in the, in the bedroom, honestly, which has been dope. I kind of re upped on, um, some new equipment when the pandemic hit. Um, So that was, like, inspiring itself to just, you know, when you get new gear or whatever, like, as an artist, it's, like, exciting, kind of just... Do you record yourself? Yeah, so I've been recording myself, um, which is dope, too. Um, I used to record a lot with Rocky. Mm -hmm. um, But, yeah, I've been just kind of tuning in solo on my shit, and, uh, yeah, it's just cool to, to like... I haven't done that fully in a long time, so it was kind of like a new... Uh, wave of inspiration to just like fully dive in because before i'd like you know i just like cut demos or something um but now i could i'll like and then go record it with him but now i'll just like fully record my shit um which is fire like yeah it's just helped me open up a lot more even like with like being melodic and singing and stuff like when you're in a room by yourself it's easier to like just practice that type of stuff Mm. or or not sound even when you're like at least for me even when i've been doing stuff for years like you know still if i'm in a studio with people like i'm trying to think of melodies it's it's uh, a little tougher when people are watching as opposed to just like in my own space because like I a g- nervousness thing yeah, or like yeah i guess a nervous thing sounding bad like I, I you know i could sound bad in my room by myself for a half hour trying to figure out some shit i guess just maybe easier to fully open up mm. but i personally never been like a big like i've always created kind of dolo I've never right. been I can create with people and I enjoy it but I'm not it's not it doesn't come easy to me you know, right. some people can hop in the studio and just like 10 people watching be you know that's like their comfort zone yeah I'm kind of the opposite just because that's how I think learned how to do music so it's like uh, a little harder for me to step out when it's like definitely working with multiple people and stuff
0: yeah i think it's it's all about kind of like where you got your chops right and i feel like for both you and i like Mm. being from the east coast and not being in the entertainment sphere growing up in in la you Mm. know going to studios x y and z it's like you just kind of figure it out however you needed to right which for you know for uh i think both of us i don't fully know but like was you know just trying to just do shit in your bedroom, yeah, you know, and uh, using the internet to learn mm. different things, and then maybe you know get to like a local studio and steps like that, and right. start to shoot videos. But uh, it's so interesting how, uh, I mean, even when I was watching like the Kanye documentary, mm-hmm. you know, they would just be going to like you couldn't make an album without going to a full right three hundred dollar an hour recording studio, right? You know, with you know hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of equipment mm-hmm. all up and down the walls you know, the best hardware. Right. And now all of that's replicate, you know, replicated on, on the computer. Right. And it's it's pretty lossless. Like, there's not a huge difference between the quality you can get with, like, a $2,000 home setup now. Right. As long as you pay attention to the sound of the room and, like, right. try and, you know, do some acoustic treatment and shit like that. Yep. You can get it unnoticeable mm-hmm. from that versus a, a, a real recording studio. And I think artists who, you know started in that era of Mm -hmm. like the Kanye's they were the last generation of people who really had to have that whole studio thing right and now like most artists that are really becoming like the biggest artists in the world today either started from the home setup or are still to this day keeping that small right circle of people with with their creation right uh and I think you're right it is hard to be fully vulnerable and (laughs) creative and try and sing some shit that you know doesn't sound good just out in the open but right. you know down the road when you get it in the, into the computer and you right. know yeah, if you have yeah. different effects on it it right. sounds a certain way you know it's it's a it's a cool thing
1: i mean paying for just as you said that like can't, the thought came to me but paying for studio time in general is like a whole different music making experience in a way because like that shit is not cheap so you got to know going into it like you got to have like three songs ready yeah, you gotta. You know, you want to be reciting the verses so it doesn't take you an hour and a half to lay a verse down because that's money that you're wasting. Like as opposed to when you're working at home, like you can, you know, you don't have to. There's no end goal. Like you can make a song, but if like some shit you make comes out trash from scratch, like you just start again tomorrow. Like, but yeah, when you're, when it's like 175 dollars or whatever an hour. Right. Um, you don't want to be wasting a second.
0: Well, that's you know that's one of the things I I. You know, I've always loved about you know, kind of knowing you as a friend and and you know, fellow musician and and the East Coast connection and everything like that. It's like seeing your progressive come up mm. from you know the the kind of DIY vibe in New Hampshire in Boston. You know, right. now living in L.A. You know, just you've continued to move up in stages and your career has continued to like get bigger and bigger. And you know, the numbers you do are are crazy. And um, I you know. I'm curious kind of what was uh what was like the economic formula for you when you first started off like cuz I remember when I was at that level back in Boston it was you know you're exactly right like you know $150 for an hour session at Cybersounds you, you're kind of just and then you know $200 or $300 to right. shoot a music video like you know talk about kind of how you made it work for the young kids that are listening that want to try and be the next, you know, Jay Zach getting, getting popping in their hometown in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, how did you, what was your mental approach to building your initial buzz? Um, I know that was a huge, <laughs> like there's yeah. like probably 25 questions right, in right. there, but
1: no, I know what you're saying though. I think, I mean, I think a big thing with it is like cr- just one grinding, like in other ways. I mean, obviously when you're coming up, you need money in like, so I was working a part-time job, two part-time jobs, like, um, and then any, you know, extra money I'd have after bills or whatever, I would like, rather than buying some shit I wanted, I'd be like, all right, this has got to go to a music video or this has got to go towards, you know, even a fit for a music video or some marketing or like, right. whatever it was at the time. Um, so, yeah, just being like, being smart with it, working hard. Um, and then, even when I started, like, seeing some, money from music um I still worked like I was like all right now things are starting to change like I used to only put money into this now we're starting to see some money back um but I still worked for like three plus years three four years because I was like why don't I just save my music money keep working keep grinding at it and then like when the when the time's right then I'll you know do music full-time or take that take that leap or move to LA or right um all of the above, so it's kind of just like being smart with it, um and just yeah, continuing to grind, like not not taking my foot off the gas, no matter how long it took,
0: yeah that's that's <laughs> a I mean, I think a lot of people who who have kind of turned it into a success have had to kind of go through that, but you don't always hear that because people try and paint the image of like you know no i'm you know I'm just just this or you know, right, but there's nothing wrong with you know. And in this day and age, isn't that kind of the beauty of the world that we live in is, is that you can kind of hustle two or three different things right. and create a good life for yourself while doing something that you love to do. Right. And eventually, maybe that one thing that you really love will be the only thing that you need to earn a ton of money. Right. But even if there's that, you know, five-year period where you're grinding, right? you know.
1: I think that's dope. Like, the older I get now, the, the cooler I'm realizing that is, is like right. like, I was almost... I wasn't necessarily embarrassed that I was working, but, like, I was working at um, a Frito-Lay warehouse, but, like, started kind of, like, my shit was starting to pop off. Like, people knew who I was around town, but, like, I did not want people to know I even had a job. Like, they'd be like, yeah. oh, what do you do, like, besides work, you know? Right. But now I'm looking back, I'm like, bro, that's dope. Like, I was grinding my ass off work and coming home, posting music on the internet, like that's like some by any means shit you know like
0: well it just shows that anybody can do it right exactly and, and in this day and age especially now with like tiktok which were tools that we didn't have when we when we started and you know i think uh you know i got my start in even a different phase of like the youtube facebook right. blog time and then mm-hmm. i think you your your trajectory started really taking off in more of the what like traditional youtube music video right spotify yeah you know what what were the platforms that that were relevant when you started to see the numbers increase. Was it just Sound, that? Sound Soundcloud? Yeah, Soundcloud.
1: It was, uh, it was like right before Spotify. Like you know, Spotify was around, but right before like the Spotify right like became the thing. Um, right. And yeah, my shit was like when the platform started introducing video. Like Twitter first put out video, Instagram first oh, put out yeah. video. I was like early on that, so that kind of helped catapult things. And then, yeah, I'd be put you know putting the songs out on SoundCloud simultaneously and spotify and yeah that's when it like started to get going
0: right yeah and so um you know it's it's just like this is such a cool time i feel like for any type of creative endeavor where there's there's more tools than ever to monetize it there's more platforms to kind of build a following on yep and tiktok itself is such a unique platform because you don't have to have any following at first right to get people to pay attention right if it's good content people will come to it right um and you know that's 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 really kind of flipped the script of of social media it's that game, notion changer, yeah. of actually just what's the content not not it's are people on, following right it's, it's based on
1: interest right so like if you have a fucking if you make it's sewing like there is a community for that And it's going to show people, you know, if if you're hashtagging it and whatever, even if you're not, like it'll just go to people doing that.
0: And I guess it it makes sense that it took time for that to become the way social media is going to be because in 2010, 11, 12, 13, they probably didn't have that good of algorithms (laughs) and machine learning to understand what this piece of content is and, and who should see it. Right. But now they're so dialed in. Yeah that they know if you post a video making pasta right. that there's these two million people out here that love pasta videos right. and it's watching the video and it knows that that's pasta right. and it knows that this person just bought pasta on amazon with their credit card because you know and that and this half ago, yeah. like it's crazy shit yeah. which is why you pull up your phone and you just we're talking about oreos and you see you know an ad for oreos right 15 minutes later right
1: you know can't wait to see what's on my phone after this i'm gonna <laughs> lift it up st-
0: you're gonna get a fucking advertisement for sure sm7b yeah, it's gonna be pocket 100 yeah, percent. like 100 percent. yeah what what's up with that and like how <laughs> how how come there isn't a bigger it's kind of this un unwritten thing that we've all accepted that mm-hmm. we know that these apps and our phone is listening to us because it's like it's just undoubtedly proven <clears throat> because right. we say something and then right. you see the ad for it yeah but nobody seems to like really make a big fuss about that.
1: Yeah, it's weird. Like we all kind of like, yeah, just accepted it. Like it's pretty or the, scary. Or the people who do make a big deal about it are like in, you know, the conspiracy theorists like way over here. Yeah, right. And it's like every, you know. Right. And then they're telling me about, you know, they're going like super deep. Into no it, credibility because like, yeah. it's just so crazy. All right. Yeah. I'm like, all right, there's no like middle ground. Right. Because I, I kind of just, I'm like, oh, that's crazy. And then forget about it a couple minutes later. Well, it's, you know,
0: I mean, we're human. Like if, if it doesn't directly affect us in that moment or on that day, we don't really think about it until we need to, Right. you know, it's like, um, it's like anything, man. Like you don't think about something until it happens. Right. (coughs) Um, you know, it's like insurance. You, you don't know that you need it until you get your car stolen by, you know, somebody like I did. And, you know, you're thankful that you have insurance, you know what I'm saying? And now I'm like, give me all the insurance right on everything yeah, that yeah, I can yeah, possibly get because yeah, you, you don't think something can go wrong
1: yeah to I didn't even like having your car stolen is insane to me did you know that... this did I have
0: I told you this no. story
1: that... yeah man <laughs> like that's not it's not a funny manner but like that's
0: I, it was pretty funny in a lot of ways it was fucked up in a lot of ways too but you know I, I told the story when when Huey Mac was on but like mm-hmm. I went to go get coffee classic mm-hmm. and came back so, I left no. the keys in, in the car by accident uh and so i'd been up upstairs for like 20 minutes and i was like oh fuck i left the keys in my car Mm -hmm. oh no you know what happened is i got an alert on my phone that somebody's tried to spend money on on my card um and i was like oh like i thought to myself oh i left the car unlocked someone must have stolen my wallet yeah and so i went downstairs and the whole car was gone and i was just like fuck (laughs) yeah and I didn't believe it for like a, a, a good period of time. I was right. just like this, this uh, I do I park it down the street. Like right. wh- what, what, what's going on right now?
1: Yeah. It's like too. you can't, yeah, you can't believe. It. I was almost going to say too good to be true. Is not the right. But statement. it's that. But yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Like, there's no way. Too bad, to yeah, too bad to be true. Too <laughs> bad. Right.
0: And so I called the cops. They came like 30 minutes later. And it was just actually gone. Like it was did. gone. It was completely gone. They, uh, the woman had like run up a charge at target and, uh, your car wasn't on no like it, it just, wasn't on but the your keys in were them. in it
1: so you think they just walked by saw it
0: i think it was a, a crime of opportunity yeah, yeah i sure. think they saw that i well you know i mean who knows because it's not like they would have seen I, I didn't like walk out of the car and yeah. like dangle the keys and right. just like drop it into the car right so they must have walked by saw that it was unlocked and then saw that the keys were in it yeah and then taken it um
1: but that shit happens here like oh absolutely i, I mean any city i'm sure but like
0: but especially in LA.
1: Right. But like yeah, my boy got his car stolen. He left his keys in his car. Like left the car running, mm. ran inside to grab something, and then I think got sidetracked. And He was like, "Oh fuck, I got to do a couple dishes before I go." So like maybe 5-10 minutes, and then went back outside and it was just gone. Man. Like, same situation.
0: Did um, he end up getting it back?
1: I think it was like maybe got it back, but it was like pretty close to totaled. It was so already so like an what older, happened to it me. It was already an older car too, so he was like, "Fuck it."
0: My car was great, man. It was a Dodge Challenger. It was a fun right. car. But um, I, I don't hear anything about it for, right. for a week and a half. Ten days go by. Um, I'm on the phone with, uh, with my dad trying to, like, figure it all out, blah, blah, right. blah. And uh, finally one night at, like, 11 o'clock at night, I get a call from a, from a blocked number. Yeah. And I, and I answer, and they're like, hey, this is Detective so-and-so. Uh, we found your car. Um, it was involved in a pursuit tonight. Holy and shit. it's at this impound lot. Uh, please come by first thing in the morning to pick it up so that like nothing happens. Yeah. And I was like, okay. And I was like, you said it was in a pursuit. Is the car all right? And they yeah. were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just uh, come by tomorrow. It's uh, all good. And so I go and the thing is just completely trashed, completely totaled. Damn. Uh, and like I open up the door like shit's just like falling out and, and the car doesn't start. It's the, the bumpers hanging off. The front is completely rough. crashed. Like they... Uh, they did a pit maneuver on it.
1: That's why. Yeah. Have you, was it on, like, were you able to see the video? You know, a lot of times, like, there's... I
0: probably could if I if I tried to get it, but I, I never saw... It was
1: just one of those things. It might be on
0: YouTube somewhere. Right, because I'll always <laughs>
1: see this L.A. speed chases. Yeah, like, pop right.
0: Up, man, like, I'm going to be watching that one day, and it's going to be like, oh, shit, that's <laughs> my car. Yeah, man, but... uh and you can't sue the police when they do that because right. they have immunity on shit like that. They have full right, right. to do whatever they need to, to, keep, to in make, those to get the person, yeah,
1: get safety, whatever.
0: It sucks, man. And so you know, ended up so th- you know, so I go to the tow lot and I'm like, I can't even, I can't take this. It doesn't right. start. And so they're like, yeah,
1: sorry. So I had to get a tow truck to come pick say, it up. Do you have to get it. Yo, that's tough. You had to get a towed from that spot. And I was
0: like, hey, can I hire you guys to tow it? And they were right. like, no, we only do, you know, we only take it here. And I'm like, you're a tow company.
1: That's insane.
0: Yeah. Uh, so Damn I ended gross. up like getting a different tow company to pick the car up, take it to the Dodge dealership. I call the Dodge dealership. I'm like, yo, I don't want this car anymore. Like sell me a different car. Right. And so that's, and, and, and then actually my, you know, sadly, my, my dad passed away mm-hmm. right in the middle of all that. And he was helping yeah. me with the whole thing. And like, you know, cause he was always just, you know, you call him and he's solving problems trying to work you know talking through with you um and so my my dad passed away so i had to go to boston Mm -hmm. and so i literally called dodge and i was like listen you're gonna have to hold on this car for a couple weeks like i'm dealing with some shit right and so i came back after all that we were we did the funeral the whole thing Mm -hmm. in the middle of covid too like peak covid um And I come back, and I was just so done with the whole situation because, you know, I would just gone through this whole thing. Yeah, of course. And I was just like, yo, um, just, I don't want this car anymore. Sell me something. Like, I want to leave today with a new car. And they worked with me and figured it out. But, yeah, it was was a crazy situation, man.
1: Damn. Yeah, you've... (laughs) You went through
0: it, so don't it leave your keys in the car. Yeah, long, long and story get insurance. Sure. You know, get get all the best insurance you can because right. that comes in handy when something like that happens.
1: Lesson learned for anyone watching or anyone thinking of moving to LA. Yeah, that too, man. Just be be cautious out here. Yeah, it's it's a little hot,
0: but um, you worked at a Frito Lay factory.
1: <laughs> yeah, tell me it. a little bit about that. Um, just a classic warehouse job, man. Um, I graduated college and. I was like, I'm going to do music. I don't want to get like a, I don't even want to look for like a career full-time job. I want to, I want something part-time where I can still focus on the music and be able to take time off. I need to do shows or whatever the case is. Um, and I just found, I was working at a supermarket at a market basket. Okay. Um, and then somebody, I had a friend there who was like, yo, I can get you in a Frito Lay like they pay more. So I was doing both for a little bit. Then I just did Frito Lay. Um, yeah i mean i worked like 20 30 hours a week it was honestly like for my situation it was dope because they let me take off whatever time they were super lenient um the pay was good but i I just literally like went i mean it was a redundant job like i just went in a square with a cart and it'd be like this shaw's or this hannaford needs like four bags of doritos put it on gotcha next order put in the truck um for like eight hours a night. So it was already like the back end kind of distribution side yeah. of
0: things. It wasn't the production facility. Yeah, yeah.
1: Everything was already like in bagged up and boxed up. Right. It was just like, yeah, from box to supermarket. Um, and it was chill. Yeah. I worked there for like three, four years. Um, and then quit and moved to LA. Damn. Like, cause the music stuff was starting to bubble. Right. Um, as I was working there, like we were saying earlier. Um, so it was funny cause you know, everyone there knew I did music and, like, followed me and supported right. it. And they still do, which is dope. Like, they'll reach out and be like, yo, Frito-Lay. Like, yeah, yeah. I see you doing your thing in L.A. Right. Um But, yeah. So, it was it was cool, man. Like, it was just kind of built character. Made me grind because it wasn't like I just had all day to make me. Like, my time was very, uh yeah, I didn't have much of it. So, I had to be very useful with it. It just, like, helped me with a lot of shit mm. um, like that. So, yeah that uh
0: that that world of like the the back the back end of and you probably saw it market basket too of the food system in our country is so fascinating man like people just just take for granted almost how readily available food is right in the grocery store and the logistics that that go into all that yep are just mind-blowing and you know i i'm uh my brother started that English muffin company and I like I'm helping him grow it now and I've been getting more and more involved in it and like starting to peel back the layers of, Which is, you know. super dope. Yeah. It's, it's just like learning about, you know, how something, how a food, like a, a bread product or something or chips or whatever, right. like gets made and then gets distributed to mm-hmm. the thousands of stores across yeah. the country and every, you know, kind of figuring out all the different logistics of the trucks. Right. And the distributors that, that pick up from the manufacturers and take it to the stores, right. it's crazy, man. And obviously, you know, the, getting the ingredients from the other right. vendors. No,
1: there's so much that goes into it. And obviously, as consumers, like, we just go to the store and I'm like, why the fuck are they out of this? Right.
0: And, and yeah, you just assume it's always there. Yeah. It always should be there. And right. when you have, like, little hiccups, like with COVID or, you know, right. with, the, with the war, like, for example, right, like 20% of the wheat that is grown in the world mm-hmm. comes from ukraine that's, and yeah, you know and there's like a fucking war going on there so right. you know wh- what do you what do you do about that right. you know it's it's we've we've become so spoiled like right. in especially in this country but in a lot of parts of the world too sure. and it didn't used to be that easy mm-hmm.
1: to even just get food yeah i mean going back to like my parents and shit like when they they grew up in poland and it was communist until like 1990s right so like they never experienced poland not being communist Mm -hmm. so like my dad and my mom will tell me like yeah we just had like they come through they drop off like three bottles of milk you had you know this food for the week and it was like that's all you got and you can get other stuff but it was like black market under the table like you kind of had to hustle you know wow so my mom's uh brothers uh they would like They'd be selling like vodka and like different alcohols. Like they, you know, they were kind of plugged in, just like moving shit around, um, at like the flea markets and stuff, but yeah, whole different, like they grew up in just a whole different world. And
0: so did they come to America while it was still under, under Soviet control?
1: Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. And then like a year or two after is when it, it changed. Gotcha, man. And that's all they knew. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. (laughs) Such a different life.
0: Right. But, you know, that's what's so, like, funny now that we're going through another kind of, you know, I mean, we're clearly at the beginnings of another kind of world shakeup. Right. You know, I mean, hopefully this doesn't get too out of hand, but, like, tensions are high, you know, and they haven't been this high since, you know, pre-World War II in terms of just the conflict and the, you know, people that have differing opinions on what should be theirs between China and Russia and, and, and us. Like, there's just all this posturing and... You know, I think the real, the real um, kind of change uh, that you know we we haven't seen in a in a long time is is that now the U.S. isn't as strong as it as it used to be compared to China. Right. You know, yeah, and yeah, so yeah. there's actually the ability for these conflicts to actually pop off now because it's not just this like one world power that's so much stronger than everybody else china's kind of a formidable foe now right and so there is an opportunity for for this to kind of go south you know if china starts supporting russia in this whole ukraine situation that's basically and not basically that's a direct fuck you to the u.s and nato yeah and then it escalates from there and what if china takes over taiwan you know all these different things can can go south but um you know, basically people who were born in our parents' generation, right, they lived through a post-World War II era, which was just this peace and prosperity time for like 75 years, up until basically today. Yeah. And so, when we grew up, like, our parents lived through only peace. Right. You know what I mean? Obviously, there was, you know, shit that was important that happened, but those were like social and cultural and, you know, uh, kind of inside the country issues like civil rights and all this stuff like you know and so they lived through all this peace and prosperity and no real major world conflicts and then we lived through all that too right but uh when you look back thousands and thousands of years of history like that's not very common like shit pops off and so yeah that was never the case yeah and so you know like just to bring it back to like the food conversation or anything Mm -hmm. else it's like we're so used to thinking that everything's good nothing like everything's going to be like totally fine you know
1: everything's just invincible
0: (laughs) and now it's just changing and i think it's a a new reality that we're all waking up to and having to realize like oh yeah we're still the same idiot human beings that we've always been right we're gonna fight over over nonsense right and make things more difficult than we need to you know And, and and it's probably also a direct you know kind of consequence of the whole covid situation too because that really shook things up too
1: 100 percent
0: um but yeah man it's uh
1: it's been a while a few years it's been a while a
0: few years you know but yeah. but we adapt you know true um so uh so uh when you were um when you decided to make that leap and and come to la did you have a plan or did you just kind of just go for it and just kind of figured it out as as you went
1: it was like a half and half you know um I'd say I had like a a year plan um you know I had a spot you know I got a spot for a year with my with Rocky and Joe my producer and manager um
0: because Rocky came out at the same time as you yeah. so you kind of had a, a yeah. group to do yeah, it with
1: yeah we had a group um and I knew like money wise I was like all right so I'm probably good for like a year or whatever right um and then I'll just figure it out like whether I have to find some work or like moved back home. I didn't think that'd be the case. I didn't know. I was just like super open-minded. Um, and year went by and things went well and, you know, met a whole community of people. Um, turns out anyone from new England or a lot of people from new England that were like doing music entertainment on a serious level happened to move out at a very similar time yeah. all within the, the same like three to four years. So I kind of built a community of people who are all back home doing it um, it's fire. Like totally the, the city has treated me well. You know, you always get people who like have a bad experience in LA, which I could totally see. Um, and they talk shit about it. And it's like, I mean, I get it if, you know, like, uh, obviously, you know, if you met certain people, there's a lot of fake people and a lot of weird shit that goes on. But like, luckily I surrounded myself with good people. Um, and good things have happened.
0: Yeah, man, the the fake people thing is an interesting one because it's like, you know, obviously there's there's some merit to that, but yeah. I think it's like, you know, you're really just, you're you're put in this kind of dynamic of people that have transplanted to this city that are right. really a certain type of person that's trying to achieve something that's like, that you have to be a certain type of way in order to want to do. Right. Like something in the entertainment realm. Mm-hmm. Typically, someone who wants to be that type of, you know, wants to be successful in that type of career, there's something driving that. Right. You know? Uh, And I would say it's like a balance between there's these positive things that drive it, like, you know, your interest in music, you know, and and your just kind of drive to be an artist. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and some people have just that authentic drive inside them. Yeah. And that's what drives them to want to be an entertainer. Right. And maybe like the enjoyment you get from, you know, pleasing a crowd. Right. Well, so there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, yeah. You know, but then there, it's just kind of that fine line because you can also get like kind of addicted to that, like you need that. Right. And so then that can kind of also drive people who, you know, are, are kind of attention seeking Mm-hmm. And you know, maybe driven to the attractiveness of 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 what being an entertainer is about from a maybe like a darker place. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's Trying like to like compensate ego. for something or something, mm-hmm. you know. Right. And so then you get what people call like you know the, these fake interactions. Right that people always associate with L.A.
1: Right, the clout, quote-unquote.
0: Yeah, which I feel like is really offensive to people who were born in L.A. Right. You know, and that's no, why I sure. always have a problem with it when they say, like, <coughs> L.A. is so fake, and it's like, well, what about the people that are from here? Like, that's so rude to right. s- say that Yeah, to yeah, yeah, it's true.
1: You know? No, they just write it off. They had, like, a few bad experiences or met whatever people, and you know, are like, whole city's f- fake. Right, this. right. It's like, no, there's... Yeah, it's wild to even, like because obviously the longer you live out here, the more native LA people you meet. Right. Yeah, but at first it was always just so weird because everyone I met was from somewhere else. Right. So like someone, you know, the rare case where I meet someone who's from here, it was always funny. I'm like, yeah, but where'd you grow up? They're like, no, I grew up in Burbank. And I'm like, <laughs> or you're people like, grew what? up in Burbank. Like, like, I don't understand. But, but yeah, there's plenty yeah. of, um, but yeah, man, I love the city. Like, So, yeah. uh,
0: what are some of your favorite neighborhoods in, in LA? Like, cause you've been in the Valley basically since you've been here, but you know.
1: Yeah. I've been North Hollywood, um, Burbank area, but no, I mean every, I feel like every area has got, it's, it's cool. You know, I like po- like just pockets of each, um, obviously like going out in West Hollywood's fun. Um, but I don't think I could like live personally in West Hollywood. It just seems yeah. like
0: it's a lot of commotion.
1: Yeah yeah exactly yeah um, I like being a little tucked away and then being able to like come in and out when I please. Couldn't
0: agree with you more, obviously
1: um but los Feliz is cool and like silver lake um I'm kind of just like getting newly acclimated to those areas. I haven't like explored much, yeah till recently um but it's cool obviously a little more hipster and, right uh, I right. just laid back like I don't know who like there'll be people and I'm like think he might be homeless i'm not sure but then like it, it's just like a guy or he's just getting some, his fit like, off yeah, he's just getting his fit off <laughs> jesus
0: yeah man um so are you like a like do you do you still enjoy like going out from a like kind of going to the bar and like drinking standpoint or like what's your kind of social life like yeah. priorities these days
1: um i definitely enjoy going out i just like being social out with people i know like i like going to a spot rather than just like staying at home all day yeah um, even before the pandemic, like I always just like being out, um, but I haven't like done anything too crazy. Like,
0: but like, are you just like more like an intimate vibe or are you wanting to go to like the club?
1: Definitely not a club guy. Yeah. I'm, it's it's cool to go to the club. Who
0: is a club person?
1: I don't know. That's it's weird. Like it's such a weird thing. Like nobody
0: says that, that they like to go to the club yet right. somehow the club's always packed.
1: Right. I don't. It's, you know no it's it confuses me because yeah. i'm like yeah it wasn't very fun <laughs> every right. time i like it was it's alright but you can't hear anyone yeah and i'm always like i do this thing where i'm like i have to say what five times to so whatever someone said to me yeah and then they like have to get louder and then like it, they yell to the point where it hurts and i'm like ah and then i'm trying to do the same thing back oh, but man. then it's kind of awkward because you're not having like yeah, genuine yeah. conversation i guess like People dance like people dance at the club, kinda. But I'm not like on the dance floor.
0: Yeah, you know that's what that's what's funny, man. It, the club was created to dance, but people don't really dance right. like they used to. So the the it's it, the club has continued to thrive and exist. <laughs> yeah. But the purpose of it is not really what people go there for right. anymore
1: it's almost just to like be cool
0: yeah it's like the club has been grandfathered in because it was a place to go dance but right. that's not something that people like culturally really care about doing anymore right like they did in the 70s right you know what i mean no, it's true or even the 80s whatever you know there were these the, that was like what you would do right. now people just dance on tiktok right you know they're not going to the club doing like you know the fucking
1: right whatever it's more like you go to yeah, show a fit off, flex, maybe yeah. show you have some money. You know, if you're going to get a table. Um, I guess like that's kind of where society's at are.
0: in general right now. It's just like, it's really right. not about actually going to do something to do it. Mm-hmm. It's about going to do something so that you can keep up the appearance and, and get the pick. Right. You know? 100%. Which, and I'm not hating on that. Right. It's just, it's I'm just pointing out kind
1: of the <clears throat> the change over the, the decades. It just seems exhausting yeah you know like i mean if you enjoy doing that there's nothing wrong with it but right. like like you're not even like present half the time because you're just like damn i gotta do this because i have to do like because i have to get photos and keep this up but I well, mean, if you, it, yeah yeah if, if you enjoy it then like yeah that's all
0: it just kind of also exemplifies though just like the the crazy inequality of wealth that we're getting to too true you know And like there's this new, (coughs) new dynamic of that um, where the kind of the content creators or the TikTok stars or the social media stars, uh, you know, the OnlyFans people or whoever the fuck else, right, (coughs) are just like making so much money now. Right. Um, And you can just become so successful by having your little niche on the internet Mm -hmm. and monetizing that. Uh, which is, which is an incredible opportunity. I think it's like an amazing thing for creativity, for the arts, for our economy, et cetera. But, you know, it, it, not everybody succeeds and, and this divide is just growing bigger and bigger. Right. Right. Because there's just not that, that equal, uh, opportunity across the board. Um, and so, you know, you, you get these these kids who have, like, millions of dollars. Right. And it's nothing to them to go to the club and spend $30,000 on bottles. Right. Because, you know, there's just, it, there's no repercussions for for that <clears> at Especially all. If,
1: if they got it so young. If they're, like, 20, 21, 22, whatever. Like right. Like, they haven't, like, it just happens so fast for them where they're, like, this is, this is what life is.
0: And so there's, like, a 1% of people that can afford it. Mm-hmm. And they want to do it because they want to get the image across, and they want to have like the, the, the whole kind of vibe that it encompasses. So right. that drives the price up of these things even further. Right. You know, further lengthening the divide right. between the people who can do it and people who can't. Yeah. You know, and and it's just out of hand. Yeah. And, and uh, <laughs> I think that's what happens when you you know you have a a situation like we do in america where we've just become kind of like over consumers and and not very like productive in general right as a as a culture as a society really you know
1: yeah true i mean yeah we just consume so much in every aspect like everything
0: yeah right like whether it's actual like you know consumable goods right or just or like content information yeah
1: content all the above everything useless headlines so accessible movies yeah. like there's just so much coming just so much right of everything it's yeah
0: bad. i know and, it, and it's funny you know for for us to talk about that too because we're obviously on the side of like creating the content you right. know we're putting a podcast out there right now <clears throat> do you ever um you know, not like struggle with that, but do you ever? Are you ever thinking about that? Like, you know, does that ever come into your mind when you're making t- making content? Or do you ever feel like, man, I don't I don't care about this. I just love making music. Or do you yeah. genuinely enjoy producing the content that's more focused on the social? You know, like for the social stuff, like TikTok yeah. and Instagram and stuff like that.
1: No, I think about it all the time. I mean, it it definitely stresses me out. You know, like I try to balance it of like what I enjoy doing versus, like, playing the game a little bit and trying right. to stay consistent with content and putting out new stuff. But, like, bro, that shit weighs you down. Like, I'll be, yeah, I'll wake up some days, I'm like, I don't want to make a f- fucking TikTok. You know, yeah. like, I don't even, like, you know, I'll put out, like, a music-related TikTok, right? But I'm like, man, I'm going to shoot, like, a new video for a song or something to keep, let people know I put out a new song. That's like, damn, I got to do this right every day people are like yeah just post on tiktok two to three times a day and like you'll grow like this or do this and i'm like all right that's when i'm not recording new music i'm not writing new music or shooting the videos or trying to interact with fans or trying to do shit on the business end right or trying to live you know do like regular person have stuff, an actual life girl yeah or right. whatever it's like it's a fucking it's a lot to juggle so like I applaud any, any creator in this day and age who can, who does it. Cause it's like, mm. you know, you always see the final product and it just looks like effortless a lot of the times. Yeah. Um, even like simple videos and stuff, but like man, people got to put in a lot of work, like to well, get, you
0: put a you put in a lot of work, man. Cause you're, co- you're constantly coming out with, with new pieces of content and, and new actual right. long form music and music videos and everything like that. You know, and and you're one of the guys who's, like, really on top of it. I appreciate that. Um, How how do you kind of balance it all? Do you just try and put blinders on and know that, like, all right, the actual things I need to do are X, Y, and Z. Make this content, put out this video, you know, and try and just not be distracted by anything else. What's your process?
1: Yeah, that's basically it. It's, like, I mean, I think before that, um, I tweeted this maybe, like, a couple weeks ago or something. It's, like, I'm definitely just blessed that i'm like still incredibly hungry to like attain more musically like i'm just it still excites me so that just gets me out of bed which i'm like super grateful for but then once i have that i'm like all right well what do i need to you know reach new people and continue to grow this brand it's like do i need a post on tiktok or do i need to put out more uh music videos on youtube like i'm willing to do what it takes to just grow the shit. Right. Um, So I think it's a mix of, like, just having a love for it versus, like, all right, this is what I have to do. I'm willing to do that and just kind of stay consistent with it. Right, right. And that's just what I've always done. So, like, um, it's not too hard for me. Uh, You know, it's a a balance, of course, but, like, at the end of the day, it's just kind of all I know, too. Totally. Well,
0: just in a world where there's just so much, Mm -hmm. it can can feel you know i don't know if it's distracting or it's overwhelming yeah all overwhelming
1: the, all the time like you know even you just know,
0: keeping up with the different platforms
1: yeah i mean you know like as an artist if some days you wake up and you're like confident as shit or something good happens you know like some you know you get a random phone call or whatever and you're like yup and, like you're on your high horse and right. there is a lull for could be a day could be a week could be a couple weeks and right. you're like fuck man like what am i doing wrong or like what am i and then you, you know, it's just like peaks and valleys. Yeah. Um, so I think personally, I've learned to ride those more so as opposed to like when things wouldn't be going well, I'd be like really hard on myself. Or like when things would be going great, it'd be like a bunch of fucking dopamine. Like, yeah, it's this, never going to end. It, this new video is like doing really with way more views than the other ones. It's never going to end. Yeah. Right, or right. Or I'm just like, right, just put this shit out, make music you enjoy making and like do it consistently right whatever happens after that is like out of my control and I'm just I'm cool with it yeah
0: yeah no that makes sense man um yeah I, I even at the start of, of, of my career I was at a point when I was like 17 and I'd put out the 1993 <clears throat> mixtape and mm-hmm. I was in a writer's block kind of situation where I was just like I don't know what like what to do next like all my friends were going to college we right. were finishing high school i didn't go i wasn't planning on go to college i didn't i couldn't even get in if i tried like yeah. i was really like depressed and and, and this was after the mixtape like crashed at piff and like everyone was loving it and this right. and that and like you know good music all day and bro bible and all these places were like posting it and it was like really taking off right but it was that like feeling of i, I don't know I I don't know myself how to take it to another level. Right. I'm like giving up. hmm And I was seriously, you know, considering just, man, I, maybe I should just figure out how to like go to school or like this or that. It's not too late. And then the next day after that, when I really ha- had a moment where I was like really down on myself and like mm-hmm. really kind of conflicted with where I was going to take my music career as a young kid, not knowing a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got an email from Atlantic Records and yeah. they were like, hey, we heard your mixtape. We want to fly you out and this mm-hmm. and that. And, you know, I mean, fuck major labels. But <laughs> at the time, that was that, oh my God, moment that I right. had been waiting for and validated
1: everything. Well, you were what? 19, 20, 21? I was 17. 17. Oh, yeah. yeah. So,
0: I was still in high school. That's insane. Like about so to the,
1: turn 18. Yeah. you getting that email. I mean, for anyone, obviously, but like, yeah, when you're in high school, like you got to be you must have been
0: Oh, bro, I was it was after school. It. I was literally um in the the drama room right. cuz I used to be in like the drama class and the chorus yeah. and my senior year of high school, I was just fully tapped out. <laughs> like I just did not care. I was like fully all in on music. Yeah. The only classes I took were like performing arts related classes and English. Mm-hmm. And I think I was doing the the play. Yeah. Um and we were after school rehearsing yeah. for like the school play and I got the email and I was like, Oh my God. So I run outside and I call Maddie Trump, Maddie Harris. Yep. And cause he was really the only dude that I knew who was like kind of in the industry. Right. And I was like, Hey, like, I don't know what to do about this. Like, right. can you help me? And so he connected me with his manager mm-hmm. and that's how I got a manager like on that phone call within like five minutes of getting that email. He was yeah. like, yeah, I'll handle it. And then the manager guy manager talked now. to Atlantic. Yeah, exactly. They was like, Oh, they're reaching out. Yeah. Yeah. I got you. Right. You know, and, you know, they, they <laughs> flew me and my mom out, gassing me up. Oh, you know, we can do this and that. Yeah. And, and, you know, we, we ended up going back and forth for months. I finished school and then moved to LA in that September after school ended um, and signed the deal eventually on Halloween, yeah. you know, like a couple months after that and did the Lamp City album and, and the whole thing. But, again, man, I... I you know, if I didn't get that email, I don't know, you know, that I, you know, I don't know where it would have been. I'm sure I would have st- still would have figured something out. Right. But it's just like that reminder for any artist, any creative. Like, right. I think we're emotional people. Definitely. You know? Yeah. And so you get these highs and lows. Mm-hmm. And that is a, a thing, you know, about maturing as an artist. You learn how to ride those out a little bit more. Right. But it's also just like lean into it, you know, like feel that stuff because as a creative, that can drive Spot, things on yeah. the other
1: side you know no 100 percent. yeah man i mean that's crazy you yeah you signed that deal and then did it just kind of like fizzle out or what, what was the did, so, you, dro- did you drop them? yeah so
0: or? so it was you know this was in that time period where it was like uh CDs were dead. Yep. There was no streaming, there was no Spotify. It was that 2 or 3 year period where it was all about um iTunes. iTunes sales. And 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 we had done well from an iTunes standpoint, you right. know, I had I so the deals that they were doing back then cuz again they were trying to figure out how to like, you know, create a new business model in yeah, the they post the CD world. No idea. Yeah. Um you know, that's when they started doing the 360 deals. So right. it was a 360 deal, which for people who don't know means they take a cut of everything. Right. Merch, touring, mm-hmm. everything, but also the way that they did it in the, you know, most deals are this way now is, is they have like, you know, kind of like the, the mixtape phase. Right. And then the, and then you get into the, the LPs, like the albums. And so like, it's a way for them to sign you cheaply right. to do like the first mixtape. And then if things go well, they have the option to keep picking you up and picking you up and getting more and more money for the advance each time. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I did like the the first mixtape, which was uh the, the faces mixtape with the three faces if you know that one. Yeah. Um and then they were like, Okay, cool, that did well, let's do the first album. Gotcha. And that was the Lamp City album. And then after that, they you know they had the right to pick up the option, but I also had the right to say no. Yeah. And I called Mike Karen, the guy who was uh running the label at the time, who's now like one of the top guys at, at Warner music. And I was, he was the guy who signed me and I just told him straight up. I was like, look, like I don't want to just be in the major label system for 10 years waiting for my shot because I I felt like, you know, the lamp city album did great and everybody loved it, but I just felt like, that was kind of my ceiling with them. Right. And they were going and I'd seen it with other artists that I knew on the roster that they were going to just continue to put me in writing sessions mm-hmm. and put me with people and just keep you busy. Just keep me busy and almost get me to like songwrite or right. this or that. And like find a way to, you know, we'll we'll make something work with <laughs> yeah. this, but it's not a priority. Right. And I was like, I don't want to just sit around making not that much money for 10 years waiting for my next shot with you guys. Right. Which like maybe one day it would have turned into something, but I just want to take it into my own hands. Right. And so I told him that on the phone, and he 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 was like, "Look, like if that's what you want to do, then then cool. Like yeah. we won't pick up the option." And so, I was, you know, it was definitely like a an interesting situation where I I wouldn't say it's like a mutual thing. I'm not trying to say like yeah, no. Like I told the label I don't want to do it. Like <laughs> right. they probably wanted to drop me too. Yeah. You know, that's just how the major label right. shit goes.
1: I and mean, they're signing people every day. Like right,
0: exactly. But you know. They weren't actively like, we're going to drop you. Right. But I knew they weren't, you it was know. Just like
1: an awkward kind of.
0: Yeah, they weren't focused yeah. on putting my next album out, you know. And, and so I could have just stayed in that system floating around for a long time. And, you know, eventually they would have put me on a song with like B.O.B. B. and like, you know, whatever, tried right. to like push something to radio. And, and you've worked. seen that, yeah. you know, you've seen that game with people that we know.
1: So many times, man. It's crazy. Yeah. Just watching it, like being in the industry, you know, mm-hmm. so you kind of know what's going on behind closed doors as right. opposed to just like you know a random consumer but that mixtape era was was so weird because it like you were saying you had people were making money from dropping the albums on itunes people would support right. it but yeah everyone was like dropping free mixtapes yep and a lot of the times they were still like over other people's beats and shit but labels were involved yeah but like they also didn't want to come off as they were involved because then it would, like, ruin the mystique that the artist wasn't independent. Like, a lot of so times, yeah, a lot of
0: times they were actually involved, but they
1: would keep it a secret. Yeah, like, purposely. You know? like, don't, don't say anything. Yeah, like,
0: I remember, like, Logic was yeah. was signed for, like, a long time, but then it was, like, you know, he was independent in this, and then they finally, like, quote-unquote announced, announced it. Yeah, I remember that. And specific. it was, like, years later. Yeah. yeah.
1: And he was, like, yeah, I didn't tell anybody, but I was signed for, like, three years. Right. And it's, like, it makes sense why everything just looked so flawless too right right um or why like people are getting certain looks which i still think i mean it probably happens today i don't know if it happens just as much but i assume right like people i think so
0: it probably happens today and now they like put a big push behind their tiktok or their (laughs) social and then and then they say oh yeah we're gonna sign this person but they've been signed the whole time kind of thing you know
1: yeah there's a lot of it's it's also taken like different variations like that shit happens on tiktok all the time um with i forget the the girl's name but it's like one of the popular trendy tiktok sounds where it's like a b c d e f u oh right but like a label person like they orchestrated the whole um campaign with like uh putting the comment they're like you should make a song about about the alphabet or some shit right planned right. it out put it in the tiktok comments she made like a reply video being like this is this is the song I just created about this topic you told me to sing about. And the whole thing was just. It was a whole label behind it. It blew up. Um, but then people like the TikTok people, you know, like people are just good at sniffing shit out, like figured it out. Like it was like a burner account for like somebody that worked at the label. Unreal. Or like they didn't change their name. Wow. So like, somebody figured it out at. after the fact. Yeah. And they were like, this whole thing was set up which is fine like i don't i mean it worked it's brilliant but can we like, get
0: these 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 tiktok kids on something like substantive that that they can <laughs> like investigate you know
1: like well they'll do that they did some of that shit too with like um i didn't follow it closely but it was, it was like a murder like they'll follow like the murder cases and right, stuff. right and they'll do like crazy research of like where this person was seen last
0: right i'm gonna shut this window because this guy's mowing the lawn hold yeah, on
1: good call But yeah, they'll they'll do um, like where was this person seen last, and like crazy amounts of research. I don't even know how they do it. Right. I mean, they're very smart, and they're just they know technology well. Well, and they're just on the computer all day. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, that's wild.
0: Yeah, I just I think there's just it's so hard to tell what's what's organic now and what isn't. Right. And it's almost like who cares, you know? (laughs) But it is. Yeah, I don't know. It's just it's just you know commentary on on where we're at in right. life that, um, you know, with TikTok in particular, or any of these mm-hmm. other platforms, like there's just absolutely the ability to <laughs> manipulate it and game it, right, and make people think that something is something they've discovered on their own, right, when it really wasn't, right. You know, it was a formulated effort to right. to get you to find this new artist or, mm-hmm. you know. And in music, it's like, whatever, okay, fine. People are just doing what they can do to create right. music careers. But, uh, you know, that, that stuff happens in way more things than just music too, you That's, know, yeah. like politics and right. just skewing how people think about things 100%. and, you know, all this, you know, misinformation and shit yep. like that. It's it's wild how, you know, kind of able to be <laughs> manipulated right. we are through these, these, um, these different platforms now
1: yeah it's tough there's just like we were saying earlier one so much information Two, yeah you don't know what's what's real even. right like things are so yeah people are just so good at manip- yeah manipulating shit and like mm-hmm. skewing things it's it's wild it, it's almost like sometimes i just gotta take a step back i'm like bro, i'm not yeah because i'm never one to like lean into something if especially if i didn't do enough like personal research and be like this is my opinion, or this is how it is. Right, I'd be like, no, I don't. I don't know enough. Yeah, um, because I'm not trying to like. I just want hate interacting with those type of people, Right. especially like. Right. I mean, and now more than ever, you know, every everything's so heavily opinionated. People just
0: and, have the craziest takes on right. literally anything.
1: Anything does that worry you at all as an
0: artist? Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, doing like hip hop, like we mm-hmm. do, um, the creative license. That's that's a uh shifting goalpost right whereas in 2011 you know you could be i'm getting bitches i'm doing this and like that was like the coolest shit you could right. talk about and you could still say you can say whatever the fuck you want i don't right. care but like some people will be like oh you can't say that yeah you know like no, does that does that make you nervous as an artist sometimes or do you do you find yourself now in 2022 in the back of your head thinking Oh, uh, you know, I, I got to make sure that I'm not, you know, offending somebody right. by saying something, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, I try to like,
0: I mean, you're not just, like a, a you know, provocative guy
1: right. by any means, but. Right. But it definitely pops into my head. Yeah. You know, it's, you can't not a little bit. and be like, well, let me like, let me just stop and think for a sec. Just so right. <laughs> yeah. It's wild though. That's, that's definitely new. Right. You know, even six, seven years ago, like people weren't thinking about shit like that you can even see it now the way like content has aged if you watch i mean i don't have any specific examples right now but if you watch it's like music videos or certain like movies comedy like certain stuff people said right 2011 2012 it's like that shit would not fly couldn't do it now like whoa how long like that wasn't that long ago right (laughs) right it's wild
0: well it's funny that like in the 90s it was like the christian conservative people mm-hmm. who were like tupac's music is you know horrible like m music is like you know causing people to you know want to kill people or this and that uh and and now like the it's kind of flipped right. whereas like the the quote-unquote conservative minded people right are the ones trying to say like we should be able to say whatever you want it's right. free speech and then it's like the the more very left-leaning people are of the mindset of no, you have to be careful with what right. you say. Like your yeah. words are important, like they're hurtful, they're hateful, this and that. And it's just like is all this just a humanity cycle right. that it's we're all just victim door. to yeah. and it's just a revolving door and it's like can everyone just take a step back and realize
1: right. that we're human right. and
0: just kind of try and find some common ground?
1: Yeah. It's true, man. That just reminded me when you said the Eminem shit. Like I think about it a lot when I listen to Eminem's old albums. Like those were nuts.
0: Bro, he said crazy Insane. shit.
1: <laughs> yeah. And you, like, you, I'm like you could laughing. not say that today. I'm like, I'm like how did... Right. Th- this shit was crazy. Right. Especially right. like the... the the. Er, I mean, I guess they were all... Yeah, they are yeah, all... Yeah, but no, wild, the first two like, albums were just wild.
0: But, you know, I mean, I think the nature of like shock value... Right. That has completely changed. <laughs> and there are certain things that, you know, would have been considered shock value in the early 2000s mm-hmm. that you just couldn't even say at all right. today. yeah you know and and it, and it's tough man i i don't know where i land on any of it one way or another but you know it's just it, it's uh it's definitely a fascinating thing culturally that's going yeah. on right now no that's definitely what it is you man. know and and it's not to to devalue what any anyone's saying cuz i think there's <laughs> legitimate points mm-hmm. across the board on it like i think we do need to be mindful of not you know offending people especially like marginalized people and, of course, and stuff yeah. like that um and you know it's 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 really it's just really interesting this kind of uh discourse going yeah. on in the country you yeah.
1: know no especially as i mean as we get older and like you just see things start to change right you know you just don't you don't have the benefit when you're young like you're just experiencing whatever like that's just all you know right but right. then you get older and you're like damn this is
0: and this I think, yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, it's, it's, it's again, it's, it is all connected. Like, mm. there's, there's reasons that we are so like this and just butting heads with, with each other as, yeah. as a country right now, too. Because, uh, I mean, it goes back to like the inequality shit that I was talking about. Like, the more unequal we are, the more we're kind of on the decline as a world power. Right. Our economy isn't like as good as it once was. Our, our, our you know, overall prospects on the world stage aren't as good as they once were. Right. You know, China's over here kind of looking like a, a real, you know, threat. Mm-hmm. There's there's this tension and that drives people farther and farther to the extremes of mm-hmm. their like political ideology. Yeah. And the infighting just gets crazier and right. crazier. And then we just start fighting about everything. Right. You know, and, and now we're fighting about these cultural things like you know, what what is appropriate to say, what isn't appropriate to say. Right. And then, you know, one side wants to, like, (laughs) overcorrect to the extreme. Right. And then the other side wants, you know, basically as a response to the overcorrection, wants to, you know, basically claim that you could say anything out of pocket. And that's not the answer either. Right. You know know what I mean? There's no,
1: there's just no middle ground. Right. And
0: and I don't know, man. I, I just hope we get back to a place where we can, like, have a middle ground.
1: Right. You know? Yeah. Same, man.
0: We I feel like uh you know my guy Jay Zach. we just came in and just just had a whole geopolitical crazy
1: <laughs> we went in deep just deep convo today we went in deep, but i mean all 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 good stuff man yeah. I was on on a music tip for you, are you um you got anything in the works? so you you consist i know you've been dropping yeah uh, some songs.
0: Uh, you know i'm i'm consistently <laughs> dropping singles right now right. and then i'm um, i'm also at the same time working on a, a project that i want to like formally kind of put out as a as a body of work whether it's going to be an ep or, or a longer form thing i'm not sure yet but something for the summer that's timed <laughs> with like doing boston calling Dope. um or you have a s-
1: slot yeah Fire. yeah i'm
0: super stoked on that that's exciting yeah so you know just trying to figure out some way to kind of like bring all that together and make right. that feel like a moment in time just for me personally yeah. it's just such a cool thing to be able to go back and right. play that um
1: i want to do some more shows for sure just yeah. throughout the year like but it's got to be you know i mean for my situation got to be right like i'm not just trying to throw together some shit or no of course um but definitely want to get back on the road absolutely i never like actually really done a full tour like i've done like a few small little Four or five city things, and then like some one offs. But yeah, I need have my, you
0: ever gone out for like direct support for somebody? No, man, that's fun. You got to try and like do some shit like that.
1: I know it just hasn't lined up with whatever. Like, I no, know I'm I sure, get it yeah, but um, yeah, when the time's right, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely down. That
0: aspect is cool because you it's just a little bit less pressure, 100%. personally, yeah. you know, because the headliner is bringing the crowd, <laughs> right? And you're in this cool position where you have an opportunity to to gain new
1: fans right. win some people over but
0: also like 20 percent of them are there because they know you too right. and so it's this really cool dynamic right. you know
1: if things flop you're like well at least it wasn't, least it wasn't on me. <laughs> yeah you, you like have plausible flick- deniability <laughs> yeah. you know it's nice but yeah um definitely some shows new music
0: yeah yeah what, what you're so you're working on a on an lp or ep <laughs> yeah with, well, well the ep with tim's coming LP out EP. and then
1: and then i'm definitely i'm definitely gonna drop an album um a little later in the year yeah. i think i might do like two or three eps little like three song projects with yep. um different producers and then yeah do like a full length by maybe fall time still have to figure out the logistics but um yeah just trying like different different shit too um you know, like whether it's singles or albums, seeing what works, what doesn't work. Um, yeah.
0: What's uh your opinion? I feel like it's always this um, Spotify situation is always like fluid. It's always changing. Yeah. What's your most recent kind of opinion on as an independent artist, how to be a Spotify artist mm-hmm. and like keeping consistent on the platform? Is it combination of singles and EPs or are you just doing stuff because you just want to make an EP or are you right. being mindful of how that <laughs> plays into the Spotify algorithm what's your take on all that
1: for me personally it's like whatever I'm not doing at the moment I want like I want whatever I don't have type. yeah, of thing. yeah. I'll, I'll start doing the singles and then I'm like fuck I want to drop an album like I'm tired of There's no, like, the hype is not the same when I'm just dropping a song at a time. Totally. And then I drop an album, and then, you know, there's obviously benefits to an album. There's moments. But then a month goes by, and people are like, oh, we want some new music. Then I'm like, fuck this. I'm going to just start dropping singles. (laughs) Yeah, right. I should have done that in the first place. And then uh, I'm, like, doing this. So I'm kind of, like, always all over the place with it. I don't think there's, like, a perfect formula. But, I mean, I think we know, you know, as long as you're, like, consistent in uploading stuff, then... That seems like Spotify rewards it the most, and right, obviously singles work because like it goes to your, you know, the song's gonna go to all your fans as opposed to like project you pick what one song that goes to your release radar or, or discover weekly or whatever it is, and right. then the rest kind of people have to find for themselves. Um, so it's tough, but there's nothing like like an album creates a a moment that singles can't. You know, you can do a whole. Like if you if I was an announce a tour, like drop an album, tour, new merch, you have a whole uh roll out storyline with it, you know, like it's it's much more creative as opposed to Definitely a song. Where yeah, I mean you can probably still do that, but like not to that extent.
0: Yeah, it's it's so funny, man, that the it, you just feel like that pressure right? from the platform, which, which has never been a thing before. No. You know, like... You and it shouldn't be a thing. It but shouldn't. I mean, it is what it is. It is what, what it is, is. yeah. It's you just kind of have to accept it. Right. If you want to be a part of exactly. that ecosystem, yeah. you know? But it does feel like, kind of like, well, what the fuck when, like, the Spotify CEO is like, well, if artists think they can drop one album a year and be relevant, <laughs> right. like, that's crazy. It's like, damn, man, like, really? Punch you in the face. That's like, that kind of like. sucks. Right. You know? And because then... We're in a situation where it's like, did you see that stat where it was like, old music has surpassed streaming of new music for the Mm -hmm. first time ever? Yeah. And that kind of tells you a little bit about like the passiveness of new music now and kind of the, I don't know, um, disposability of it, you know, not to say that this music's not good. That people are putting out Mm -hmm. but it's just there's just so many people able to put it out and put put out new music that it just naturally creates this dynamic where there's there is no scarcity to music so it's
1: disposable the accessibility of it is crazy now which is like one of the coolest parts but at the same time like there isn't many other platforms where like you and drake are just like on the same like like you're on Spotify next to fucking Drake and Adele and whatever. Like right. not everybody can get on any other medium like that this day and age. I don't know.
0: Yeah, that's like, a good point. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It, it blurs that line because it almost operates as like a social media, but with a little bit of a barrier to entry. Right. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. It's just a, it's crazy to think about because I don't know. People always throw around the stat, but like whatever it is, 40,000 Thirty thousand songs a day are getting uploaded to spotify right and it's like yeah it's an insane amount I've heard,
0: yeah i've heard that before that is a little bit mind-blowing
1: mm-hmm. but is at
0: the, the same time too there's just there you know again i, I saw something um last night because i was reading up because uh apparently casey nystat just made a documentary about david dobrik did you the, hear about this yeah
1: yeah i saw him tweet about it um, casey
0: did or david did
1: i saw casey tweet about it it I was like you. airing uh, or de- yeah he it premiered like f- it at sundance yeah
0: and uh i read some article about it mm-hmm. because uh i think he had started out trying to just film a documentary about david dobrik and then all this controversy happened with david dobrik
1: like in the middle of filming in the middle it. of him filming oh, it and so
0: and that th- that's always when the best documentaries get right. created like have you seen um icarus Mm-mm. so that was like this one about um uh, like, basically taking performance-enhancing drugs and whether or not that, like, makes you better. Gotcha. And so this bike guy, this bicyclist, was <laughs> like, I'm going to take performance-enhancing drugs and see if it improves my score yeah. on my, like, local bike tournament. And so he started off, that was the documentary he was going to make, but then he, like, by accident, uncovered this, like, huge Russian doping scandal oh, shit. and, like, broke the news about it. And it became this, like, huge thing. Yeah and he never even intended to make that the documentary, but that's what it turned into. Right. And so it reminded me of this Casey Neistat <laughs> situation where like he was just filming David Dobrik to make a documentary about him. And then he basically, you know, started getting canceled for X, Y, and Z thing. Right, right. And, uh, and so that's what the documentary ended up being about is kind of like, you know, I haven't obviously seen it, but like right. the, what they're saying is, is that it's kind of about like his downfall and like maybe his, you know, his problems that have you know created this this dynamic in his career right um and uh you know fuck man i don't even remember why i was bringing this up (laughs) we got got lost in the
1: in the pit but i mean it was kind of the same not same thing with the kanye doc but like the way it unraveled and then at the end i was just trippy you saw it right yep yeah and then like at the end i guess not to spoil it for anyone who hasn't seen it but obviously it's like showing you you know, up to modern day. Right. Um, but like, it just kind of stopped like where he is right now. And it's wild to right. be wa- like, then you're just watching it unfold in real time. Like, yeah, all it now it's Kanye. like real life. And in my head, I was like, this is going to be like a cool, happy ending about like Kanye's legacy. But it was just like, it's like, yeah, you know, Kanye has been through a lot. We, we hope he's going to be all right. And it was just like, right to be continued. And he's like going, doing his thing now. And I'm like, it's just crazy to watch unfold.
0: You know, like Jay-Z said on uh, So Appalled, man, die a real hero or live long enough to see yourself become the yeah, villain.
1: Yep. You know, that's what's so weird about celebrity, <laughs> yeah. I feel like, you know? And I've been thinking about that more and more like, you know, doing music. And it's like being a celebrity is cr- like on that scale. is like it's fucking scary. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, like that's a whole different. I mean, you know, you have to move different, but like just mentally everything is just you're just living a life people can't fathom on so many levels yeah it's it's very unnatural healthy yeah yeah
0: we weren't really meant to live like that as as human beings but certain people do you know end up living like that it's like so weird man
1: and i'm like damn do i you know because when you're first making music i want to be the biggest artist in the world i still have that in me of course right um but i'm like that's also fucking scary i'm like i'm kind of cool like let me get a little fame, yep. good amount yep. of money, like I could walk around, you know, get noticed here and there. It's like, but you like, just
0: got to do it the right way, man. Like Wiz Khalifa. Yeah. He's as famous as any of these people, but yeah. he's found a way to do it in such a like authentic way to him where it doesn't right. seem like his day to day is like bombarded with this like craziness. Yeah.
1: You know? Yeah. I'm sure you, you lean into it if you, if you want that, you know, right? um, more so but yeah no Wiz is a great example I feel like he's just chilling yeah definitely you know everybody knows Wiz Khalifa right but like he stays out the news he does his thing
0: man it's like Snoop too you know I think it's just the weed culture <laughs> yeah. of like dudes like that smoking, are just chilling. they're just like it's all good and then everyone's like yeah it is all
1: good right
0: like that's cool you can just you know I, like I see Wiz driving around the valley all the time and he's right. just like smoking in his fucking Rolls Royce like right. by himself he's like living a normal life yeah Yeah. like i feel like no one would bother him if he like went to the grocery store it's like oh it's Wiz, right like what up Wiz? yeah that's about it and he's like what's up
1: right yeah true
0: right whereas if you do move like that crazy way with armed people and like six suvs and this and that it's almost like you do kind of like drive the attention a bit too at the same time yeah i mean but you need it yeah there's no two there's you know (laughs) it's complicated but shit man I wish I remembered my Casey Neistat, David Dobrik point. <laughs> what Still were thinking. we talking about
1: before that? Um, you brought... I don't even remember why you brought it up. To... Something about maybe society. Yeah. They, it's
0: like we were... Uh, I don't know, man. But anyways, he made the whole documentary. And...
1: Uh, Do you know when it's going to drop? Like, I don't
0: you know, 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 know if it has a date so, yet. Gotcha. But... Um, I'm always something about Spotify. It was... I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because we are
1: talking about... Yeah. I don't know, man. I'm a fan of whatever Casey Neistat drops. I love Casey Neistat. I feel like we're, we've both been on the Casey Neistat wave for a while. For a minute.
0: Yeah. 100%. Because
1: <clears throat> you were doing the vlogs for a bit. like uh, Totally inspired by I did, Casey Neistat. I did the same shit for like three, five, three four months. I was yeah. like, I got to do these yeah. vlogs. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, now he's just like... I think what's cool about Casey Neistat is like every guy wants to be like that right you know what i mean like and it's not like a it's not about being masculine this or that it's just like i think every guy in one way or another can relate to casey neistat because yeah. he's a complex dude right who on the one side is like you know doing all these like hands-on sh- things he's you like know a child
1: I mean? in the purest form like right in a, in a good way like right he just has so much yeah like he gets he's like very of, genuine and yeah. emotional
0: and like smart you know yeah
1: enjoy out of just simple things when you watch him you're like hey, right i love that right right and like
0: his all his creative spaces are just this kind of eccentric right you know space that that doesn't necessarily like it's about function it's not about design right you know what yeah, i mean Yeah, yeah, yeah. and like that's that's a really cool component to his whole thing too you know like even that studio in new york <laughs> was just like built to his specifications of what he needed things right. to be just for function alone
1: yeah he'd always break it down like why wow, he has the tape right. in this compartment in comparison to like right and i know.
0: think like everyone really wants to take things to that level but right. they usually don't right. and he
1: just does
0: because yeah. he's just on that next level nah, he's a in level. his head right yeah i gotta get him on the podcast man that's
1: that's a dream let's manifest that yeah facts casey if you see this by chance come on help the homie out
0: got an open seat for you <laughs> yes sir i <My> got jay zach <laughs> man so uh we got new music coming anything else we can expect from the kid man you get you doing anything else man you can be on tv acting what are you doing man
1: yeah my my netflix debut you got a comedy special coming maybe no not yet definitely want to do um some more acting shit i think that i kind of wrote that down as like goals for uh the year like just personal stuff is yeah not even do anything like crazy just kind of just step on my comfort zone and get your feet wet get my feet wet whether even if it's like just relate- you know skits related to music just like yeah do a little more acting um uh i'm doing some I'm probably doing some shows on the fly with um the homie King batch he's doing like a tour all year oh hell yeah, so I'm always welcome to just pull up and you know I'll do like a couple songs or whatever and at the end of his sets um but that's not like anything set in stone I'm kind of just something's nearby like i'll pop you know yeah yeah Um, now did you guys
0: just become cool because he just he just showed love and saw your shit and like you guys just linked up off of that or did you guys (laughs) know each other prior
1: yeah no just originally off the off the internet yeah um, i think he just fucked with the music and built a relationship over time and then when i moved out here he like lived down the street so gotcha it was just um worked out yeah lined up no
0: fire good shit man well sir appreciate you coming on man always always good to catch up yeah you're my favorite type of podcast guest because you pull up with coffee <laughs> i have
1: to you know no we we think we think alike
0: that very true man yeah, sir i appreciate you coming on bro
1: appreciate you having me uh, brother.
0: follow my guy jayzac everywhere you you know where to find him yes sir is it just Jay Zach music or what is it
1: Jay Zach music Z A C music
0: hit him up it's the cam you show yes we out of here peace